ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Bifiga podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, amigo? Hey, what's going on, man? How's everyone doing today? And uh, and up in Toronto, it's not really. You're not really. In, you're in a Greater Toronto area, right? They, that that's a good way to put it. Yeah, Greater Toronto area, the GTA. The GTA, not to be confused with. Uh, is it GTA? Oh yeah, G not to be confused with the with the video game. Dave, how are you? Not too bad. Good to be back on. Good. So here we are tonight. Episode number three hundred and forty-five is what we are up to on tonight's agenda. We will look back at the Leipzig game, Maritimo, Kuvlia, which just happened a few hours ago. Uh, we'll also preview next this upcoming weekend's Boa Vista game uh, up in Porto which is the next Liga Noj game uh, that's on tap for Benfica. And Benfica will play the last game of the Champions League match day six uh, next week on Tuesday against Zenit at Stade de Luche. Um, so uh, I, before we go, though, I, I, I just wanted to... Uh, <laughs> we usually don't do this. Usually when Benfica plays midweek, we, we kind of try to we space it out. We wait either a, a day to record or... Uh, and it kind of gives us a little bit to digest. Uh, today, fortunately, I was able to to watch the game, and here we are a few hours after the game happened um, that we could talk about it. So the, the feelings and, and our impressions and our frustrations and our negative, negative, negativism is, is still very, um, very fresh. Um, right, Christian? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so, enthused, to say the least. So I'll have to say that um, uh, a little disclaimer: expect some some frustration, some some negativity on on our side, obviously. And after uh, going through these games, which we'll get into a little bit, I, I don't think there's there's a different feeling that you could expect from us, right? We're We're dedicated, we're passionate about the club, and we only want what's best for the club. Uh, we want the club to return the same level of, uh, of energy and commitment that we uh, put on on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis if we're talking about the show, but also on a personal level. I know that there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time and dedicate a lot of time to uh, doing Benfica things, whether it's watching games, whether it's keeping up with the team, whether it's ordering products online that never show up. Uh, so it, it's natural that we expect a high level for Benfica. And I think that's what Benfica has gotten us used to in the past. Uh, and that now is kind of failing. So um, our feelings are, are based on those high expectations that we have uh, for Benfica. It's, uh, It's not against any person, uh, person or individual, but it's it's just uh, it's just our feelings. So let's start with this Leipzig game, uh, match day number five uh, in Germany. Uh, I'll give you the lineup. We'll discuss the the lineup 
um, because it's it, it's it was an interesting lineup uh, compared to what we have seen in the past. Lacodimus in goal, Almeida, Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo across the back. Gabriel Antarabt uh, in the middle. Pizzi, Servi, Chiquinho, and Vinicius up front. And I'll ask you this, Cristiano. Um, all throughout the match days that we've seen in the Champions League, it seems to be a level of rotation. Uh, David Tavares, a, a right back. This was actually the first game that Real made a play that, at uh, right back. And we all know that he's our, uh, when healthy, he's our starter right back. Uh, but we saw a mix here. Gabriel and Tarapt in the midfield, uh, where sometimes we have seen, well, oftentimes we have seen Florentino. Um, and sometimes we've seen Jetson. Would you say that this is probably, considering that who's not healthy can't can't play, obviously, but would you say this is our strongest lineup? Yeah, um, I, I I'd venture off and say yeah. I think uh, a lot of us were surprised when you saw that Optin Gabriel tandem, but uh, it was it was one of those switches that we were. I mean, as far as I can speak for myself, I should say I was pleased to see. Anytime I get to see Tarap play on the field, I, you know, um, it's a good day for me. So yeah, I was pleased to see that. Uh, I think we we did a prediction here, correct, Dave? If I'm not mistaken, on the previous <laughs> podcast as to who would be starting, right? Yeah, yeah. At, at right back, you uh, you called for Almeida, and I said uh, Tavares uh, had started every other game uh, in the Champions League, and I didn't think they were going to change. So it's okay. You get, I got one. You get, you get points for that one, yeah. No, but I got I got the 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 Florentino. I thought Florentino would have been the option, and it was set up. But nonetheless, it was. It was I was finally glad to see Benfica um, putting out their fielding strongest. their strongest eleven. Uh, too bad it took uh, five match days for it to to, to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, by then it seems as if it was going to be a so. very tough, tough hill for Benfica to climb. Um, and they shocked us all with the first half performance, but. Again, uh, good switches by Bruno Lage. Uh, glad to see that he did take a risk going forward a little bit more, opting for more ball possession and more ball movement uh, over defensive uh, options. So glad to see that that he you know finally took a risk. And most importantly, as I stated before, I was very happy to see Benfica finally feeling their best eleven. Yeah, it was, and that's exactly what it what happened. He took a risk, a risk that he hasn't taken all season in in in, uh, in the Champions League. I would even say it's the opposite, right? It's been a little lax with the rotation of the squad and and the the youth uh, and the average of age of the eleven that he has played in 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 Europe. But what happens here is that in Gabriel and Tarap, you get two guys in the middle of the park that could carry, that could pass, especially Tarap, that could find guys in between in between lines. And sometimes it can't always be uh, a switch from one side of the field to another side of the field with the long ball. You have to try to penetrate inside, and you have to find the combinations inside. And when you bring in Tarap into the lineup, uh, that's what you get. Uh, so I can understand that, and that's definitely a risk. But Benfica in this first half were, were extremely... Uh, extremely effective, um, you know, getting the, the one, perhaps they had a couple opportunities, but the one opportunity that they had, they, they put away, they go into the locker room, one nothing. Uh, second half, Leipzig moves up the field, presses higher. Uh, Vinicius is fortunate that his defender slipped, gets one-on-one with the keeper, Two nothing. Normally, I'm the, the one that, I'm the one that jumps ahead, and today you beat me to it because you can't just skip from the first half right into the second half without mentioning Vlaco Dimos' performance in oh, that yeah. first half. Vlaco Dimos was absolutely by far Benfica's best player. Kept us in the game, not just in the first half, but in the second half. This is a guy that I've criticized uh, many times 
uh, because I don't think he does a great job coming out, uh, you know, coming out of it you know, for, for, for crosses and whatever, whatnot. But that being said, this one game, I thought he was magnificent. He absolutely kept Benfica in the game. I was glad to see as we talked about the changes that were made. But without Vlacodimo standing on his head, Tarap, Gabriel, Almeida, those guys, none of them would have mattered if it wasn't for his performance. So I, I just don't think we could skip ahead, start talking about goals in the second half without mentioning uh, Vlacodimo's performance. Yes, they did get a little, I want to say a little, well, I'll stick to a little. They got a little lucky uh, on the first goal. Tarap crosses it back. You know, uh, fortunately enough for Benfica, the, the, the Leipzig defender wasn't able to get his foot on the ball. Then PZ gets to it with another defender. Practically 50-50 ball just slams it on goal, bounces off his leg, and then everything went perfect for Benfica in order for them to get that first half lead. And it's about time. It's about time to see Benfica get a, yeah, uh, breaks. Get a break in Germany on top, of, uh, on top of it all. As we mentioned on last week's podcast, two – what two six and seventeen or whatever it is, uh, Dave. Seventeen losses, like seven draws and Ridiculous. two victories prior to this weekend. So the first half, even though Benfica defended a, a, a lot more than what we would have would have liked, it still expected Benfica was going to Leipzig, was playing on the road. So the first half, pretty good considering how things have been over the last couple of weeks. It wasn't beautiful soccer, but again, I don't think it was anything that none of us wouldn't have expected. With to mean, to be honest, with the exception of maybe Benfica going into the half with the lead. I think that's something we didn't expect based on the way they played lately. But still, nonetheless, was very happy to see Benfica go into the halftime with the one nothing. Yeah, I think that there were some flashes there. I think also when you add a guy like Tarapt and, you know, and obviously you guys, people that listen to our show know that Chris Chris is, uh, is biased towards Tarapt. But I mean, you can't deny the quality that the guy brings to the to the team. But also, when you have a guy like Andre Almeida, and we saw it time and time again uh, during the game, uh, the little breaks, the little uh, injuries, to just to break up the the momentum of play. That's the type of experience that you need to have when you when you feel the team in a Champions League. Uh, it can't be kids that, despite playing the U Champions League, is not the same. You got to have that experience. You can't be quaking in your boots. You have to be able to respond and and to think that you you're at the same level of, as these guys and you can compete. Uh, and I think that when you have guys like that on the field, such as Almeida and Tarabt, um, you kind of bring that experience uh, to, to which is something that Benfica hasn't had throughout this uh, this Champions League uh, campaign. So. Um, the 59th minute, as I was saying, two nothing by Vinicius, and, and, and absolutely dream start by uh, by Benfica, and we knew that the the Red Bulls uh, were going to Red Bulls. Well, it, it, the, they are Red Bulls. They are Red Bulls, right? The Rotten Bull, I think that's what they're called. Uh, Leipzig, uh, Red Bull Leipzig, um, was going to to come at us, and and look, I thought we did a a phenomenal job. Uh, defending, and as Cristiano mentioned, uh, no, nothing can be taken away from the job that uh, Vlacodimus uh, did uh, throughout the the whole game. Uh, but here's here's where we start um, getting into into a little bit of a, of a of a gray area that we could point out some mistakes, right? And I think that we all agree uh, that when we look at the game and we look at the result of the game, we have to say this falls on Lodge. Yes? Is there even a doubt? I don't think there's a doubt. I, I, I think it's fair to say that with all the positives we spoke about in the first half, uh, as you and I mentioned, um, it was to be expected once Benfica 
scores that second goal by Vinicius, as you mentioned, that they were going to throw the kitchen sink at Benfica. And I think that's when, if you had any doubts or they started to creep into your mind because you expected certain things to go on. And as the game went on and Benfica was holding on still to two nothing lean with the barrage from uh, uh, Leipzig, you expected certain moves to happen because it's just what happens in football. You start to batten down the, the, the hatches, the hatches and you start clamoring things in the middle and and all of a sudden, this is the part that as much credit as you want to give to Lodge for the initial changes, as we mentioned, it kind of starts to sour on you because you wanted this to be a very positive day, right? Benfica getting a win and this is in the Champions League and then in Germany on top of it. And that Benfica been able to hold on all of a sudden. Now their destination is in their own hands. They could even come out of this group in first place, which nobody even imagined going into this game. And then all the positive things going into the 80s, whatever, into, let's just keep it positive until the 80th minute, right? Or until his first sub, which first substitution, 82nd, 82nd minute. minute. So until the 82nd, even in the 82nd minute, I was okay with that, with that substitution. I don't understand why he wouldn't have made substitutions earlier. But even until that point, I give him the benefit of the doubt. It's what proceeds after the 82nd minute that I really start having a problem with Bruno Lodge. And when you could question it, why not earlier? But you know what? It worked until the 82nd. So I can't kill him prior because whatever his thought process was, it worked until realistically the 90th until they scored a penalty. But there's things that I think he could have done earlier. I think the substitutions with the Vinicius, Coming out for all the Tomas, I'm okay with that. I know some people have criticized it, but I thought it, you needed to have a guy up top in order to keep Leipzig honest. Because if not, they were just going to, I mean, basically the defensive line was going to be on top of our box. They wouldn't have given us any room to breathe. So I think they would have just pressed and pressed up the line, brought up the lines, pressed us, pressed us. It caused us to turn the ball over more so than what we did already. So I thought keep that guy up top to stretch out the defense, keep them honest, and and just always have that threat. Then you never know. Look, I mean, a long ball, these guys go on the counter, just like we saw with the goal, the second goal of Vinicius. They were pressing very high, and he got, got. I thought he got lucky, but nonetheless, he still had to get to the ball and run 50 yards with the ball at his feet and have the composure to tuck it away. So credit to Vinicius for that. But that first sub, also, that second sub, I did not. I mean, I really have a problem. The third sub, you can't even talk about the third. I mean, by then, it's 97 minutes. Who gives a shit? But that second that second sub. Two two, into what, added, two minutes into added time. What in the world? After being two, uh, after suffering the penalty. Even after that first, first sub, you have to, some way, somehow. Point trancas a porta. Close that shit up, and that's that's the one thing that I think uh, sometimes we've we've criticized Portuguese coaches for over the years. They're way too defensive, like yeah, pa, hey. but th this is if there's ever a time that calls for such substitutions is now. You're under attack. Leipzig's doing everything they can to come forward. They, I mean, every and if you notice, if you notice, if you if you know, and I, and I have a little different theory behind the substitutions than, than, than most people do because due to interactions on Twitter. But if you notice, and it adds to my point, if you notice, most of their attacks coming down their left side, our right side, they just attacked Almeida, Almeida, Almeida is everything, even the crosses from the right side and to our right and, and, and to their left, you know, to our right side of the defense. 
And I just I don't understand what the hell Brunelage was doing. I mean, as much credit as I want to give him for the for the initial changes, and, and it's just like okay, I, I can't even give you credit, but because what the, what game were you watching? What 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 were you waiting for? You got Florentino on the bench. If there's one thing that Florentino could do, and it might be the only thing at this point, defend and is chase. defend. That's it. How you not make that substitution? You take out Peasy, you have an opportunity. You don't want to come in with. You don't want to come in with Florentino at the time, which I, I think you absolutely should. You had an option. You got a kid in Tomas Tavares that, look, he's played right back. He's played in the Champions League, so you can't even tell me he doesn't have experience. Now, I mean, the guy's played every minute of, of the previous four games <laughs> in the Champions League. He could have absolutely still done the right flank like Caio Lucas was expected to do. And at the same time, add that additional help Defending. to Andre Almeida. It's not the sub I would have made. I would have, I would have taken out Peasy and brought in Florentino and put him in the middle. But if you wanted to give me someone to stretch them out on the outside, I much rather would have gone with Tomas Tavares. Then a guy, Lucas, who does absolutely, and, you know, it's touched the ball three times, three turnovers. Does absolutely nothing. I just don't understand what yep. the hell he was doing. Uh, it's it, it just, man. Yeah, my, my whole thing is, and I follow your logic in terms of, you know, things are working well. Um, to me is the type of pressure that we're in, um, there needed to be some some game management from from Brunelage, and I think that um, perhaps a, a substitution earlier than the 82nd minute would have kind of it would have helped. It would have helped. But you know what? But stop the I'm momentum. Give them the benefit of the yeah, doubt because 100%. at the end of the day, it worked until the 90th. This is hindsight. So I can, look, in hindsight, a lot nine out of ten times or eight out of ten times, what you would see is once Vinicius scores a goal in the 60th minute, 65th minute, you're seeing a defensive replacement. Right there to hold on to the two result, yeah. to the two nothing result. Now he he stretched it, and and I to his credit, it worked <laughs> until the ninetieth minute. After you give up that second goal, what the hell are you doing? I mean, that first goal on the penalty, which, I mean, Dave, what the what was your boy Ruben Diaz? And I love it, <laughs> my what? boy. I thought his boy was Seferovic. Yeah, whatever, anyone that commits some mistakes is his boy. Anyone, that- <laughs> what the hell was he thinking? Guys, well, I mean, that was juvenile defending. Here's my thing, right? Uh, for 90 minutes, uh, Leipzig threw everything at us that they could, and they couldn't get there, right? And it took for us to give them because it was a gift, really, yeah. a penalty for them to now have hope that they could turn this score around or at least tie this score. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the mistakes I have to point but out. See, also. I think you said it right there. And if you're on the if you're on the couch and you're analyzing this game, you said it there, right? And I think I said it as well, but I allowed you to speak, and you made the same exact point. So, giving me an opportunity to criticize his game plan, his thought process, you said it as well. They threw everything they could at Benfica, and yes, even though they were able to withstand that, right? You saw the signs were all there. These guys are attacking; they're not letting up. I need to close this shit up ASAP. Yeah. No, I need to 100%. clog this up and he didn't do it. Yeah. No, because look, and it wasn't like it wasn't there wasn't signs. It wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden, like a Benfica Murirens, they decided to start playing in the 85th minute. It wasn't like that. You know what I mean? This team was playing and attacking throughout the whole game. I mean, you had a chance. Uh, I forget that their number 10 on top of the six yard box. By himself, shoots a straight of Lacodema's credit to him for his reflexes to get to it. They had chance after yep. chance, game, the whole game continuously. So, as I said, the signs were all there. And as you mentioned, you, I mean, obviously, I wasn't the only one that saw it. They were throwing everything they can. But apparently, we saw it that way. 
except our coach. Yeah, a, a leak doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be flooded. But if you don't take care of the leak, you will be flooded. Uh, and that's exactly what uh, Laj didn't do. He didn't take care of the leak. And as Cristiano mentioned, there were plenty of spots in, on our defense that were being exposed, the right side especially, as Cristiano mentioned. And even this, <clears throat> the guy streaking uh, showing up in the middle unmarked. Did you um, did you did you get that leak uh comment from Vash da Gama? Did he like you know take care of the leak now when we try? Is that did you get it from a no. book, a history book? Oh, you just picked that up I on your own. I just picked that up. You're good. I bro. just I just thought about it just now. Kudos to you, bro. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, look, uh, it, it, this has to definitely fall on on uh, on Laj. I think that the the Ruben Diaz thing. Yes, it's it's a dumb mistake, but it just it also speaks to the level that Ruben Diaz is at. Those those are the type of mistakes that perhaps a, a Luizão or a more experienced uh, center back doesn't make. Uh, anyway, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Playing hard, sometimes those th those things don't get called. We got away with one earlier in the game in the first half yeah, where Grimaldo, Grimaldo pushed uh, pushed a, a, a Leipzig player, and even with the help of VAR. That wasn't called. And I want to correct. I made a mistake when I said that uh, number 10, that was four. I was talking about Unkuku, Unkunku, whatever, number 18, was at top of the six side of the is Ironically enough, I believe he's the same player that was pushed from behind by Grimaldo on. Uh, look, for those of us that constantly say Portuguese teams don't get any breaks in, in, in European competition, <laughs> I thought it was very generous of VAR not to go ahead and review that because that was a clear two-hand push in the back. So Benfica got away with that. When I saw Benfica get away with that, right, when I saw – uh, that the referee didn't even attempt to, didn't even entertain the you know, thought of going to, to 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 check it around VAR. I said, you know, this is our day. I thought this was our day. Yeah. Maybe Lodge we did too. The, we were getting the right breaks. Maybe Lodge did too. He's like, this is our day. I don't need to make substitutions. I'm fine. Yeah. 82nd minute. I mean, look, as, as Cristiano mentioned, the 82nd minute, we can understand the logic. I just think that an earlier substitution, but again, this is hindsight. Uh, and earlier, but this is as as I'm watching the game on replay and knowing the the score, obviously. But I'm thinking, man, with everything that Red Bull is coming at us with, uh, a substitution right now would probably break up that momentum. And that sometimes that's what you want. You you kind of want to stop the game, uh, stop uh, you know the momentum that the other team has. You want to breathe a little bit. You want to kind of organize your thoughts and kind of take a deep breath and and get back into uh into the trenches again uh and i thought the 80 seconds uh minute substitution was was a little bit too late in terms of disrupting the momentum that red bull uh was having i keep calling it, eh, red bull like Bruno lodge has got nothing but praise from us since since first day on the job uh and obviously lately the wheels have kind of loosened up a little bit a little wobbly but you still kind of give them the benefit of the doubt because, as we've mentioned here on the podcast many, 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 many times, uh, you're, you're not even 100% sure if he's the one making these lineup changes going into these Champions League games. So we always give them the benefit who's of making, the doubt. Who's we making don't know. the lineup well, We don't know if it's up top, if it's him. We just – well, we there's always that uncertainty. <laughs> you but now, but now, <laughs> finally, finally, Dave, jump in. Finally, we're gonna give it you have chance. something that – what obviously went the wrong way real quickly, which was this game. And there's one culprit. There's one person you could absolutely point the finger at without no, oh, I'm going to give a benefit of doubt. No, this game, the failure to, to get the three points in this game falls on one person, one person mm. square. And I don't care about the mistakes by Ruben Diaz. I don't, that's fine. You can blame, oh, blame the players because I know someone listening is going, oh, the players, what up? Fine. Fantastic. Brunelage 
fell this team this one day. Yeah. Um, Dave, I'm going to let you jump in and, and give us your thoughts on, on this game and what you think went wrong and um, just just the, your thoughts in general, man. Yeah, well, we go from the highest of highs to pretty much the lowest of lows in this game. Uh, and, and you want to talk about game management. Uh, I was listening to this game on the radio as it was uh, live, watched it later. But even the guys on the uh, radio on RTP were... We're surprised that Laj wasn't even taking a guy like uh, Tarapt, Chris's boy. He was playing with a yellow card uh, since the 52nd uh, minute. And we know uh, for all his uh, positive that he brings on the field, he also can go uh, overboard a little bit with his uh, recklessness on uh, tackling. So I was surprised uh, there that he didn't uh, take off uh, Tarapt, and I was worried that he was going to pick up uh, a red card and really change the game. But... Um, even even after he makes that substitution from uh, RDT, RDT has that uh, chance from half to make it three nothing, right? And then we're talking about a, a totally different game uh, there with a, a three nil. And going into this match last week on the podcast, we were talking here uh, jokingly whether or not Benfica should just take the the three nothing forfeit. So <laughs> we were we were almost up three nothing, and Leipzig should have uh, taken the the forfeit, and, and but. Just a game of inches, and that little—if that goal goes in the net—we could be talking here about uh, possible qualification for the knockout uh, stages of the Champions League. But instead, we're here criticizing uh, Bruno Lage's uh, substitution for bringing in uh, Caio Lucas instead of uh, a Florentino or or even a, a Tavares. But uh, yeah, it's just game of inches. I, we've already discussed hey, everything else. But let me just let me just set the table here for for those of you that are listening. Um, and maybe didn't even, you know, I have, don't, don't know what exact moment Dave's talking about. He's talking about Rolando Tomaso comes in, traps the ball in the midfield, has the awareness to turn around and fire a freaking rocket about 53, 54 yards. And it was going up or 90 and credit to the goalkeeper who was subbed in after Vinicius scored a second goal, uh, as, as his momentum carried him, he hit the goalkeeper, uh, with his knee in the head, a guy, some sort of, uh, I don't want to call it a concussion, but okay. whatever his head might have been bothering him, his vision. And he they, looked out of it. They subbed him out, brought in the backup goalkeepers, making his uh, Champions League debut, and the guy just sprints. He's at the top of the box, and he makes a, a 18-yard sprint, and he just, I mean, that guy looked like Superman. And he yeah. got to got his fingertip on the ball, and that was enough to, to just knock the ball out wide. Like, and as Dave said, had that gone in, we're talking about a totally different uh, circumstances. You're talking about a totally different situation for Benfica. And uh, we're here singing Bruno Lodge's praises as opposed to knocking him. Go ahead, Dave. Continue. No, they, we've we hit it right on the head right there. Like So from the highest of highs we're, we're, and then the lowest of lows just completely uh, falling apart there at the end. And even after that first goal, if we bring in uh, Florentino just to uh, uh, straighten up uh, the defensive uh, shape of the team, but... No, we bring in a guy like uh, Caillou. And then to boot, we still have uh, in the 100th minute the chance to go in and, and put the uh, the go-ahead goal. Nice uh, play setting up there. And he just skyrockets the uh, the ball there in the uh, the box. So uh, just uh, another disappointing um, performance. This, yeah, yeah, Dave, the I, don't think, I don't think... I don't what, what, what you got on the field, what the 92nd minute? So he played about eight minutes. I don't think any of these eight minutes will go on the Kyle Lucas highlight film at all. <laughs> any any minute of the eight minutes. He's I got mean, that he one that touched one the ball. Cross. He touched the ball three times and he was terrible. Yeah. And then, like you said, Dave, on the practically, yeah, not practically, but the final play of the game. 
they find a way to get the ball down the right side. Nice setup. They cut it back to him at the top of the box. And I don't know if he's trying to shoot. I don't know if he's trying to cross. All I know is that he shanked it. And <laughs> I think it might have hit uh, one of the Benfica fans out in the stands. But definitely, definitely not his finest hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Even after, look, we we could talk about this until we're blue in the face. But uh, bottom line is, I think that uh, Laj bottled this one up, and uh, maybe it was like Cristiano mentioned, the lucky stars are with me tonight. Nothing could go wrong, uh, and uh, you know, an all too familiar feeling of uh, ninety plus. Maybe he was just entertaining himself and in, in like daydreaming about what he should name his kid that's soon to be born. Maybe non comes pa, non comes You don't pa. think so? Oh, are you? Kyle or Lucas is going to be the new. <laughs> Kyle or Lucas. That's a good one, Dave. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we're we're definitely out of the the Champions League after after that result. And yeah, we could win 15-0. Yeah. It's not going to change. But thing. but you know what the what that the fun, ain't going to happen. Either. The funniest thing is that after all the whole miserable European campaign, let's just say that we end up. Well, you mean the last four years? Well, this year. Oh oh. Oh, let's say about miserable. I just let's say back we flashback, you know, and all the criticism that we've hurled at at the team and Luis Fiviera and at Lajas' choices. If they win this game and then they win Zenit, the thing, the first thing that we first would have heard place. from from uh, from Luis Fiviera or Lajas, I told you, so. look, it worked. Yeah, exactly. But that's fine. I love eating crow. <laughs> I love when I'm absolutely wrong about my team, and I love being made like you know when I look stupid. But until they give us something positive on a consistency, uh, on a consistent level, you know, we're going to be a little doubtful. It doesn't mean that, you know, again, we it's it's stupid that we even have to say this shit all the time here on a podcast that we're not rooting against the team. Anyone that's listening knows we're, we're never rooting against the team. And look, we were, I was ecstatic. I mean, I was just so happy. Um 2-0, and then 80-something in his game. Like, okay, these guys are putting on the press. Oh, it's not going into the yes. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, maybe our lucky stars, you know, falling on our side. And so having, I'm like, yeah, I love it. I can't wait till I go on a podcast. I want to I want to talk about how wrong I was, you know, and I'm damn fool forever doubting this team. And yep. then all of a sudden, you know the history, you know the rest. Yeah. So uh, if you go back to Portugal after that disappointing tie in uh, in Germany to play uh, Maritimo at Stade Luz, and uh, that game was on Saturday. Saturday, and it was the debut of the Luz new pitch, the new grass, the new grass, ninety percent natural, ten percent synthetic. That was laced with synthetic, right? No, it is synthetic. Cristiano, what did you think of the of the of the grass? Oh, grass. Uh, it was it was green. Looked phenomenal. It didn't. That's the side. It didn't even look. It looked phenomenal to start the game, but as the <laughs> game went on, it wasn't a pretty, you know. But you could understand. I noticed there was a lot smooth. of slips. It's there smooth. was a lot of slips to it's start expected. the game. It's expected, but it initially looked beautiful. But as the game, you saw a lot of mark footprint. I don't know. It just it was looked, you know, a little bit different. But it wasn't that whole. I'm gonna, give it, I'm gonna give it some time. It wasn't a whole piece of carpet coming out, but it's that, the that, natural divots. That used to I happen think. at Alvalade. I think any player slip, you could take it home as a souvenir. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, I'll start with this. Starting 11 against Maritim, same exact 11 they played in Leipzig. And this is somewhat of a rarity, right? We haven't seen really a repeat 11 by Brun Lage 
and I could be wrong, uh, but very rarely have we seen a repeat 11 by Bruno Lage this season. Vlakovimos, Almeida Dias, Ferro and Grimaldo, Gabriel and Tarab, Pizzi and Servi, Chiquinho and Vinicius. Uh, same lineup that played in, in Germany. And, and look, when you talk about, um, about breaks, um, goals in the 8th, 17th, and 31st, Befica was making it way too easy. And when you score that early, uh, the pressure uh, comes off, right? And after that disappointing tie in Germany, I'm sure the team was anxious to get back on the field and play this Maritimo team uh, that, if I may add, had not won a game since the end of September. So the whole month of October and the whole month of November, this Maritim team did not win a game. Comes into Stadio Luz, extends that streak, obviously. But it was just, it was just something that was just, it looked easy. But it also shows us how this team could perform. So I don't know what's whether it's the opponent or whether it has something to do with the team. No, it was the grass. It was the grass. <laughs> They right it was the grass, right? Nothing to do with the opponent. It's the grass. I mean, that's what the uh, the antis wanted to uh, say. Yeah. Look, man, but we know, we know the level of competition we face uh, each week uh, in the Liga Nords, with the exception of two, three teams. We know what this is. And teams and, in lower level. Uh, yeah, lower level. We'll we can't we'll even say that, that anymore. Yeah, we'll get to that a little later, but. Uh, Look, Benfica came into this game uh, obviously looking for, 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 for an opportunity to uh, lick their wounds, and they did exactly that. Uh, so, look, got to praise them because if they slipped up, we'd be here knocking them. So I guess we have to praise them because they won this game against the team um, in a game that they absolutely were expected to win. Uh, Vinicius had a good performance. PZ back to the Monku killer doing his Monku thing. Uh Dropped my man with his vision. Yeah, so there were some positive things. Uh, Almeida got to play back-to-back -back games. I, I don't know how long it's been since he's well, done he, that, but he got that time. Yes, yes, but hey, he contributed. So credit to him. Now he's out for three, whatever it is. He's out. Now he's in. He didn't even make the trip. It's to, all right. Uh, There's a 16 year old kid on the C team that's ready to make the jump. <laughs> hey, what I want to know is. What happened where to the guy the, that was going to Juventus? <laughs> where in the world uh, is Ebui? Oh, Ebui. He's a nice guy, by the way. Really nice guy. He's on the B team. The sure? B team. Yeah. He's checking out the grass stand over there. Say <laughs> Does <shop>. he play? <laughs> yeah, he plays. He plays on the B team. But then again, he's got all those other kids that are supposed to be phenoms. You have the kid that was involved in the Matias Perin deal over the summer of the failed Matias Perin deal over the summer of Barcelona, Juan Jean Ferreira, Barcelona. And then he was involved in that deal he was on his way to Juventus because everybody can't wait to get their hands on this kid's a phenom. And where's he been? <laughs> he, 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 I mean, I, such a great phenom that he apparently Andre Almeida, who could, you know, maybe last a half hour nowadays. Is not good enough to be benched, but yeah, nonetheless, look, I, I see the enthusiasm, guys. I mean, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> look, that there's not, uh, I don't think I'm there's much else that, uh, that we could we could talk about this game. Vinicius got a goal. Yeah, well, we could talk about the referee that that took away his hat trick. Yeah, that well, that guy we know he's famous for, for screwing Bifiga. Called like, on VAR a couple on a couple of the goals. Yeah, when you know, that guy he looks for any opportunity, Verdi Fabio yeah. Verdissimo, Verdissimo. Verdissimo. Verissimo. I thought it was Verissimo. That's his nickname, Verdissimo. Oh, whatever. Yeah. 
fun times, guys. Really excitement here. Um, anyway, the, the, the biggest thing uh, on this game was obviously uh, Gabriel's uh, red card, which I think that it, there's probably a little bit of frustration on Gabriel's part that he hasn't really had really good performances. Uh, he he had a... a an interesting duel between him and, and the and another player uh, where they both stepped on each other. That was Gabriel's first uh, first yellow card. And then, I mean, winning 5-0, I mean, do you really four. need to... Was it four? Yeah, the final yeah. was four. I don't know where you got the five. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, winning 4 nothing. Well, if he needs to score one, but they call it off size. Maybe yeah. he just counted that. Winning 4 nothing. do you really need to keep the same level of... In- Intensity and aggressiveness. When well, that's you're good. Encountering tackles. See Alfredo, that's. I'm sorry. To me, a game's a game, and you play with intensity, and that's good. I like to see a guy that plays with with the same in- intensity, whether he's up four 0 or losing four 0 That's a good thing. Now, he needs to pick and choose his spots a little bit better, knowing he's on a yellow. But you know what? Like you mentioned, he's been frustrated. I think, as I mentioned here many times, ever since he's been back from his. <laughs> from his injury he hasn't been the same player and so to be brutally honest i'm not sure this won't even be a good thing for him maybe sitting on the sideline giving him a breather give an opportunity to look at his teammates play maybe well maybe. he's done now after this after that i was gonna i was gonna that's what i was gonna throw because it's a now with the, the suspension that's the league and it's a league so so the suspense so the toss of the league today's game against uh sporting Kubilla. Kubilla, that was good enough so that that was good to serve. i believe so yeah okay. because uh, i had heard that it that he suspended uh for the boavista match which was which doesn't make sense why Laj wouldn't have used them today but well, when he today, picked up the red card they were saying that he was out for uh boavista I, on friday sure i think I, because the league cup is a league sanctioned competition rather than portuguese cup which is a, a fpf sanctioned competition i think this is suspension in the liga nosh applies to the tasa de liga Peggy, but i could be right are you listening Peggy? nunu picado Sergio, you guys, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> no, let us know. Let you, us could, know. you could probably uh, check that out. Dave. We have any referee? Aren't you a referee, bro? Yeah, <laughs> that has that's regulations. That not that's not laws of the game. You should know the regulations. It's your I team. That's some regulations in competition. What if you get a sorteo and you got to go referee game? I I'm thinking that uh, the that the league game counts as 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 one. So you should be available uh, to play at uh, Boavista, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Dave, while Dave looks that up, Dave, you want to give us give us some before you do that. You want to give us some stats on this uh, Marie team game? Yeah, for sure. Just before I give some stats, though, this was shaping up to be another ten uh, nothing result. I know a different uh, Madeira team. It was against Nacional uh, the first time, but four uh, nothing before that red card. We're in control of the game. Who's not to say that we score another three, four goals? But uh, yeah, Gabriel gets that red card, and then we just set up uh, shop. Nobody's really playing their game. Uh, but uh, stats from this game here, uh, PT's already matched his career high in goals now with 15 after uh, his first goal there in the eighth minute. So 15, and he still has uh, more than a half of uh, a season to go. Much more Mancouche on the way. And uh, Vinicius uh, with his uh, 11th, or 11th goal in uh, only 707 minutes. So uh, super sub or efficient, call him whatever you want, but the guy is uh, producing right now. And uh, Benfica is off to their best uh, league start uh, since 1983-1984 with 11 wins and one loss. Terrific. Fantastic. <laughs> Do we end it now? <laughs> Fantastic. So th- this is we – ha- we started on a low, right, with the Leipzig game. 
we got up to the high with the maritime game now we're about to go down again and it's and it's almost contradicting right because we're talking about going down but really benfica went up to the serra to the mountain to play Couvillan, uh for the second game of the league uh the tasa de liga group stages uh all teams tied on points on one point uh so benfica i'll give you the lineup Zlobin, thomas tavares dias Uh, Jardel, Nuntavars, Florentine and Samaris in the middle, Zivkovic and Jota on the wings, Jetson and RDT. Um, first start for Zivkovic in quite some time. Cristiano. I'm not talking about this game. You don't want to talk about this game? All right. I don't, this is embarrassing. I don't want to talk about this game. We, If you guys notice, we played a third division team not too long ago. We struggled to beat them two to one. Played a second division team. We struggled to get a draw. We played a first division team. We beat them 4-0. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Don't all jump in at once. Okay? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to forget the, the performance already. Yeah. yeah. Dave, Dave, you have uh, some Zivkovic stats here who hadn't would yet to feature for Bifika uh, this season. Yeah. first. Uh, so this is his first minutes of action since uh, June when he was with the uh, Serbian under-21 team at the uh, Euro under-21s. Uh, last minutes uh, were when he was with Benfica were against Frankfurt in April when he was used for eight minutes as a sub. And this was his first uh, action in the starting 11 since March against uh, Dinamo Zagreb. So uh, out of nowhere, he comes. Um, I guess the January transfer market is opening up soon. So maybe uh, Laj and company are using this as a, as a showcase. Yeah, look, I... I I had a chance to, to hear Laj's uh, presser after the game, and he was asked about Zivkovic, obviously. Um, and he did say that last year and the last half of, uh, of the season, Zivkovic uh, quit competing for his position. I don't know how much of that uh, has to do with the fact that he's been uh, uh, carved out of the deck. Uma carta fora do baralho. Uh, but he said after the window closed that he's been he's been practicing, he's been evolving. Uh, so it, his time was going to come. But here's the thing on, on Zivkovic, and I don't think anybody in their right mind could question the level of talent that this uh, this guy has. Um, but really, not having played a competitive match for Benfica for a very, very long time, Could we expect any more from Zivkovic in this game than what he showed? I mean, obviously, he's going to be out of rhythm. Um, it, look, it was good to see him play, but as you mentioned, he shouldn't have expected much. Now, Dave, I, I, I disagree a little bit with you when you say, was this a showcase game? I, I, I personally think that he saw Brunaj Sober playing a second division team. He wanted to rotate the squad as much as possible. And while doing that, he could throw this guy a bone. As Alfredo mentioned, you know, he's been on the sidelines probably working hard lately and he figured this is a way to get him in. I don't think it has anything to do with, with, with you know, showcasing him because anyone that's interested in Zivkovic is not going to all of a sudden uh, just be interested in him based on a performance against Kublian. I mean, if you're interested in him, you, this is coming from before today's game. So I don't think today's game would have mattered either way. I just think it was an opportunity to rotate, an opportunity to give a guy who hasn't played many minutes or zero minutes, I should say, um, opportunity to get him some minutes. Yeah. And I'll say this, right. Uh, and a lot of you guys are saying, so what's the deal guys? Uh, you want him to play now? You shouldn't, you shouldn't start. You shouldn't. 
All I'm saying is that a guy like that that doesn't have the competitive rhythm perhaps is is better used by being dosed into the lineup. Yeah, but Giving I'm afraid some minutes of, here I, and I, there. I get what you're saying, but it's still. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm really sorry. It's still no freaking excuse as to why these players, and I understand it wasn't Mifika's strongest lineup. It's no excuse why these guys struggle against a second division team. It, and we're not talking about, you know, they dominated the game. Kuvillan barely got out of their half. No, 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 no. Guys, I mean, Kuvillan had chance after chance, right? There is no freaking reason as to why a team in the second division, in the second division is able to break down Benfica so easily as they did to get into spaces, to get into our own half, to get into our own third and create chances. That to me comes down to coaching and tactics. There is no idea. There is no system. It's just like, we're all going out there. Do your best. You want to play left mid, do your best. Like there needs to be a system. There needs to be a way that the team all defense together as a block and attacks together. And there's just, everyone is out there like doing their own thing. And that comes down to coaching. There's no freaking way why Vuzela is leading in a game against Benfica for 60 minutes. There's no reason. It is a third division team. And then you, you figure they learned their lesson with that. Then they come back and play a second division team and Benfica is struggling to contain these guys. I mean, come on, for Christ's sake. Whether Zivkovic played a lot throughout the season or it's no freaking excuse, guys. Benfica, should, these yeah. are professional players, professional players that have been, uh, you know, at one point or another, national teams, you know, they're, they're representing Benfica. They're not representing Ops. You expect Ops maybe to have a, you know, Gilles Vicente. We're talking about freaking Benfica. And the guys that really didn't get that much playing time struggle with a team like that. Not to mention, you had, uh, you know, uh, Diaz in there, Jardel. These, uh, Jardel is a veteran. It wasn't like, you know, with the two youngsters on the outside. You had Florentino, who's a national team player, a guy that they're trying to they're trying to tie him up with a $300 million release clause because Pep Guardiola apparently is in love with him. Um, you have Raul de Tomas, who's, who's worth 20, who just spent $20 million on him. You have this. You have that. Then, then, let's not forget, you sub in Vinicius at the half. You bring in PZ. You bring in Tarap. You had a pretty, you know, strong – I mean, when all things considering – Right when you compare it to the second division squad, you had a strong ass lineup there, and Benfica still wasn't able to get their way with these guys. Why? It's coaching. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mean, look, the first half it looked like a, a typical Portuguese cup cup tie fixture, right? Where you have a lot of rotation, uh, so you're gonna have some some some. The game doesn't flow as well. But as Cristiano mentioned, I mean, you're playing against a, a team that is probably beaten by your B team at least twice a season. Bro, let's look at this. You have you take out your starting goalkeeper, Bruggins Lovin, right? Russian national team at the youth level. Bring in Tomas Tavares, Portuguese national team. Nun Tavares, Portuguese national team. Uh, 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 Jardel, obviously a veteran, a guy who's been there, done it for a long time. Uh, uh, Florentino? Portuguese youth rank, but Portuguese national team on the cusp of maybe even getting a call at some point to the main squad. Samaris, Greek national team. Uh, who else you had? Uh, who the hell? Uh, Zivkovic, a guy that's played at the national team level, uh, at, you know, at, at other points or not. Vinicius, a guy who's just bought for $17 million. Who else am I missing in this game, Dave? I'm bringing it up here. Uh, who do we miss? Oh, Jetson, Portuguese national team. And there's one more. There's got to be one more. Let's not talk about Jetson. For this. Jota, Jota, another Jota. Kid. Yeah. So we're talking about 
international players. Every single one of those guys on the pitch, with the exception of Jardel and the exception of Vinicius, which I'm not even sure if Vinicius hasn't played for Brazil at the youth ranks or not, but everyone else on the field is an international player, and they struggle against a second-division team. For Christ's sake, come on, bro. I don't want to hear it. Don't, I don't know bullshit excuses. I'm tired of it. Kouvelian is, is currently sitting in fifth place of the second league. Second league, yes. Yep. I don't care if they were first. It's still second division. Yeah. No, absolutely. Look, we have the obligation to do a lot better. And Cristiano and I were talking earlier. In our, can we say heyday? But no, heyday. In, in the Benfica day, we used to know. It, it wasn't a matter of of win or losing if or time to win it was a, it, it wasn't <laughs> if it was by how many yeah that was the question by how many yeah especially in these i mean in these lower tier games come on bro was there even a question or a doubt look we we understand that uh players get get up for it but still if you're you're a professional and playing for Bifika, there has to be a level that you have gotten to that's way past the level of these guys. Yeah, you don't want to raffle like in a quarter machine. You went, oh, shit, you're playing for Benfica. The Willy, the know, Willy Wonka magic like ticket. Yeah, it's not like that, man. These are all guys that, you know, have gotten to this point because of what they've done throughout their careers. Like I've mentioned, all these guys have played at the national team level for their countries, their respective countries. Yeah. And now you look like you can't play soccer. I mean, there's only one thing in common there, guys. There's only yeah. one thing, coaching. Into the half zero zero, come out of the half, allow the goal on a on a in a way it was a kind of a weird play for two slash fortuitous play for Kouvelian, uh where Bifiga uh, is trying to defend and, and it rebounds off a guy, he gets one on one with uh, with Zlobin and he he gets a score. But regardless, um, we make the changes. Whole uh, midfield uh, overhaul. Florentino came in, came out at the half. Then Samaric came out in the 60th minute. Uh, Pizzi and Tarab both were in, uh, and Zivkovic came out. And uh, look, Benfica played better uh, with Tarab, but still did not create enough chances to yeah, say. They hit the post one time, but it wasn't that overwhelming pressure that the clear goal chances that you would expect yeah. a team that Tom. is in first place in the Liga Nos with a much bigger budget to play a team that's in fifth we, place in the second division. We should have been smothering this Absolutely. team. Uh, and honestly, in a, you know, as their coach said in their presser, Kouvelian could have probably came out of this I, game I with thought, the win. I thought Kouvelian was very unlucky. They had the better of I, chances. I thought, I thought they were very unlucky not to come away with the three points. I know Benfica created enough to at least get a draw, but I think if you were to talk about who deserved the win, you know, a lot of times we, we you know, the scoreline doesn't really tell you much of, of uh, you know, the history of the game. Uh, but I, I think they were, you know, I think they went into the locker room and went home back to uh, whatever they, you know, their day jobs, very, feeling, you know, with that feeling of, of very unlucky not to come away with the win. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they would be hard done to think that. And shame on Benfica for not uh, pounding this team. I mean, you're talking about the first place team in the Liga Nos against the fifth place team in the Portuguese second league. There's no reason why these guys should even be competing with us. Uh, and now we, we go down to the last round of, uh, of the group stages, uh, hoping that things line up for us. So, again, uh, we have to start looking at what Lodge is doing with, with this team, uh, whether it's tactical, whether it's motivation. 
whether it's having a pulse on a locker room, I'm not really sure. Uh, but there's there's obviously some things here that are not jiving, and it's taken a little bit way too long. We were talking to Gomes. Uh, 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 on the group chat, and he was saying that usually Benfica picks up around uh, January. I sure hope that you're right, man. Uh, but certainly, you look at these games, I mean, Lodge's record in League Cup uh, in three matches, two ties, one loss. So he's yet to, so for all everything, all the records that he's about to break in terms of consecutive games and, and points gotten and, and uh, goals scored, uh, he has yet to win the League Cup uh, game. And a competition that Benfica dominated oh. in seven years in a row. Let's yeah. not forget. Absolutely. So Benfica, it's Sporting two years in a row, right? Yeah. I think well, Sporting is about to be out of it. Well, they're defending champs. Yeah. Two, well, two in a row. I don't remember. Yeah, I think. Okay. Dave, thoughts on this Kuvlian game? If you have yeah. it. Uh, don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you guys pretty much covered it all. Um, the only thing that really stuck out to me, I had to do a double take on it, was uh, RDT went missing in the second half. I had to check to see if he got subbed off for uh, Vinicius or or Pizzi because uh, he w- as soon as uh, the second half started, I did not see him once until maybe towards the end of the match. But yeah, he disappeared uh, for me personally in the second half, and it was just an overall poor f- performance for uh, Benfica and. Uh, yeah, like you guys have said, this is a, a tournament that uh, we've dominated seven wins in the uh, 12-year history of this uh, tournament. But uh, recently, we've only uh, gotten two wins, six draws, and two losses uh, in this uh, Tasa de Liga. So uh, we're not uh, matching uh, the, the, the form that we're usually used to seeing with Benfica in this uh, tournament. And it's also the first time that they Benfica hadn't beaten a second team uh, second division team uh, in this uh, this tournament as well. Quick thought on on Rolo Tomas, and and I just find this funny. I find it like ha funny, like hilarious. I find it like ha ha comedy worth buying ticket type, you know, crap like that. <laughs> and which is the PR spin on things, right? He's obviously struggled. I don't think it's any secret that Rolo Tomas struggled, and Benfica have gotten some backlash and criticism for spending twenty million on a guy. You know that they do their do the, the, the you know their work and scouting. So there's been some negative reports coming out uh, about the guy over the last couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden news comes out. PR spin. Benfica turned down an approach by Espanol to buy him. Like why? The guy's so lights out that you didn't want to sell him. Like I mean, if you could have gotten your money back. I mean, it's just all of a sudden. I don't know. For a straight out buy or is it? I long? don't know. It, the, 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 no, it said buy apparently, but but there was no number attached to it. But it's just to me, I find it funny. The guy's struggling. Then it's like, oh, see, look, everybody else is interested in him. And now it changes his view, his perspective. People, oh, oh, if somebody else wants him. That's because he's good. I just maybe just a coincidence, but it's just I tied that into every year, the last three years, if he gets into December. Uh, being smacked out of the Champions League and then leading up to the January transfer window when everybody's ready to to flip things over and go crazy. Vamos a mercado. And 
it kind of quiets things down. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. And then all of a sudden January is through. Like, oh man, we didn't have an opportunity. But by then the team has turned things around and people have forgotten about the Champions League, right? And now they're still in first place in the league. And now it's becoming, you know, it's getting late into the second half of the season. And now these games, every single game count, not that the right throughout the regular year, the rest of the year, it doesn't, but now at the end of the year, these games start really to get the emotions, start get the people behind it, right? You forget, oh shit. They got knocked out of the Champions League. Oh, they're not even a Tasa Portugal. Oh, Tasa the league. Oh, sh- oh, they, they didn't buy nobody. But you're just so focused on silver supporting this team and trying to get them over the line to yeah. get the next title. But it's just funny. Things are down. They come out with positive reports. People forget. And the same thing. Raul Tomas has been struggling. And all of a sudden, all these teams are interested in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. hey, and we're, we're approaching... Um the end of the the year here where benfica could be in uh out of all the tournaments except for the league um going into uh january if they don't pull up a result against braga uh for the tasa the portugal then we just have the league because uh we're currently only got two points in the tasa the liga and uh we have this big match against zanit um and if we don't pull a result there uh, we're out of uh, all European competitions. Uh, looking right now, like we're going to be out of the Tasa de Liga, and we have that match against Braga. So we could be here sitting in January just talking about uh, league action. So. And Dave, and if that happens, it's back to back years that that happens, which is absolutely no, 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 no. Last season, it was the year before. Was it? Because last year we 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 made it to oh, the uh, final four. Yeah, of the um, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, well, edit that out. <laughs> Forget that. I'm just so used to negative stuff that I just, to me, it's always always last year. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Certainly, uh, you know, the Benfica PR machine, and, and you turn on BTV these days, and, and there's 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 spin doctors on there, right, trying to put a positive spin on this. And I know that there's a lot of uh, truth and 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 sentiments. A true sentiment that comes out of uh, BTV, and we're obviously close with a couple of guys there, and we appreciate everything that they do. Uh, but guys like uh, like Pedro Guerra and uh, Zé Marinho, uh, these guys, the way they decide to spin this moment uh, about Benfica is, uh, you know, Pedro Guerra said we ran into a super Cuvillan. You shouldn't be naming any team in the in the second division unless they have absolutely wiped the floor with all their opponents, a super team. This is a team that's in fifth place. Uh, so in the second league, not in the and, first. And that's not that's like right. Fifth place in the first yeah. division. I mean, this is a team that get on, on probably every other weekend, could get beat by every single team in the Liga Nosh. Easily. Easily. And look, there's no excuse that you're playing at adult, at uh, at a, Altitude, almost I couldn't get that one out. Um, playing with a beast, regardless, as Cristiano mentioned, and uh, I don't want to be that dead horse. These any player uh, or any group of players that is signed the contract with Benfica has the obligation to be at a different level than a second division team. Period. Ponto paragraph. So we'll we'll just. Uh, We'll just have to see. Um, next up, we have Boavista. Uh, Benfica actually took uh, all of the healthy players up to uh, to Couvillain, 
um, as they will have a Friday match against uh, Boa Vista in the Cidade do Porto at the it's best. It's funny you say they took all the healthy players. I did see, and I'm pretty sure everybody else did as well during the TV transmission, I saw Svetovic sitting in the stands or whatever, in the suites or whatever mm -hmm. he was. And the reason why I mentioned him because I just – thought of when you said they took all the healthy so wasn't he injured he's back to full to be he's 100%. In, he, he might be at a certain level where he's practicing on okay, the field but not, but not a, 100% because okay. yeah. that's what you said all 100 so I was just wondering if he's yeah. cuz I got you know I saw him so I was wondering if he's 100% already yeah okay so and uh yeah so Gabriel on there also but but yeah so Benfica is staying Gabriel. up there oh, Gabriel the, was uh, in the stands yeah but he's not hurt he's right no hurt. he's not hurt but you know, just in case there was any doubt in terms of uh, whether he was going to play at the best, maybe or they went not. skiing after the game. You yeah. know, I mean, it's Serra like a skiing Estrela. trip. Yeah. Um, but the the team will stay at Serra de Estrela till tomorrow or Thursday or in that area, and then they will move. Uh, they will go to uh, to Porto, Porto. to play uh, Boa Vista. Game is this Friday with Benfica playing Tuesday for the Champions League, eight thirty local. Dave, what's Boa Vista up to these days? Hey, they're currently in fifth position. Same position. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just this is the first division, though. Fifth yeah. position in the first division. So let's see what type of performance we pull off against uh, this fifth uh, place team. But yeah, fifth position with 18 points uh, from four wins, six draws, and uh, four defeats. And they've got some uh, real uh, Portuguese league uh, veterans in there, like Bracali, Annette, uh, Ricardo Costa at the uh, back line there. And uh, oh, he's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be. Empty. He always he always wants to come in, uh, put a result a negative result against Benfica and uh, Mateus up top. And they've also got uh, Iriberto on loan from us, but I believe he's ineligible to play against us on uh, Friday, but he's also uh, been playing pretty well for them this season. Yeah, and credit to, to Bovista, who have, you know, snuck up into fifth place quietly. Uh, same amount of points as Braga, and same and two more points than Guimarães, who everyone's been praising as the sensation. To, well, them in uh, Famalicão as the sensation team so far this year. And, I mean, when I looked up at the stand and I saw that Bovista was in fifth place, that, that absolutely took me by surprise. So, Whatever they're doing, they're doing it well, and uh, hopefully this uh, Friday they, they won't do it as well as they've normally done it, uh, regularly done it throughout the season if Benfica does find a way to get the three points. Yeah, they have played six games at the Bessa, two wins, one loss, and three ties. So they've only lost one game at the Bessa this year. Uh, so nonetheless, when you look at the, at lineups like this, Bracali, as you mentioned, uh, the other dude, Costa, it, it's it's a veteran team. Mateus is also a veteran. Guys, they've been around for quite some time. This is not going to be an easy game. And it's important uh, for Benfica. Uh, usually, Benfica extra motivation. Yeah, but usually Benfica has a, a good degree of success when they play at uh, at the at the better. Not Sporting for the longest time. Sporting had a bad bad streak over there. But Benfica usually has a a very good. Uh, right. Look, uh, I hope that the team can can continue what they showed us against Maritim. Uh, definitely a, a different level of um, of competition, right? Because we're talking about Maritim, as I mentioned, hasn't won a game since uh, September. But you're talking about a, a team that's chock full of veterans in fifth place of the of the Liga Nord, playing at home where they have played well. They've only lost one game, nonetheless. It's going to be a, a tough game for Benfica. By no means do I see this being a walk in the park, but this is just another another game for, for Benfica to continue um, 
any type of improvements that they have shown. And and certainly there was something different against Red Bull that we saw, uh, especially the attitude. Maritim, we got all the right breaks, but also I think that there was some uh, dynamics between the team. I'd like seeing Gabriel enter up in the middle. Uh, so let's hope they could continue to, to carry. As we mentioned before, Benfica needs to beat Zenit by a score of 2-0 or by three goals in order to stay alive and at least move on to the Europa League. With the importance of that game, or should I say, will Benfica take that game as an important game? But let's just hypothetically say that it is going to be a very important game. Benfica will take it serious. Uh, with the importance of that game, will Benfica field their strongest 11 on Friday against Wolves, or will they rest some players? What do you think, Dave? No, they they have to come out uh, for this Boavista match with their their strongest eleven. They're unfortunately they don't have that luxury. They haven't built enough points uh, in the standings where they can take off uh, a match or, or rest their players. Um, like a, for a match against Boavista, uh, every point is still crucial at this point of the season. So I don't think uh, you'll see much uh, substitutions or rotations with the lineup. And uh, what's uh, Unfortunately, they're going to have to. They're, I would like them to field their strongest uh, strongest eleven for both matches, but if we have to pick one game over the other, I feel like they're going to pick this game and make a, a scratch lineup for the uh, the Zenit uh, match. But we'll see. Well, you answered my next question, which which was going to be now. Do you think they they're going to field their best eleven as well on Tuesday against Zenit? But you said you hope they do. Uh, so you kind of answer Alfredo. You. I think the priority, as we have seen, has always been the league up until this point. And I, it will continue to be the league. But I think that the game against Zenit and you being... You think they're going to go in there and give it a try to advance? At, you know, at least advance. I'm talking about to, to, to finish in third place. And, yeah, uh, uh, I think, think so. Look, playing in front of your your fans and uh, considering that it, it has been an absolute abomination of a, a European campaign, uh, you... I think this team needs to be in Europe. Uh, so I think they're going to try not only for the financial aspect of it, because obviously we know that there's a huge disparity between Europa League uh, money and Champions League money. Uh, but still, you want to continue to be in Europe uh, because and if I'm being honest right now, I'm looking at this Mefica team. And I think this is a team that's better suited for, for Europa League than it is for the Champions League. So I'm okay, and I think this team has the level of talent to be in the Europa League. I don't know how, how far they will go. I thought you were sharing some news we didn't know, like Benfica is going to have like their own Brexit. He's like, you know, to stay in Europe. I was like, are they leaving Europe? But you're talking about Europa League. Now yeah. I got for a second. I was, to stay in European competition. I, I, I just think. I'm just messing with you. I, you. Uh, I, I think you have to go 100% on both of them. Um, well, I... I I differ a little bit. I think I hope that they do feel the strongest eleven on Friday night. I'm kind of like Tuesday. If we win, great. If we don't, great. Like I, I don't think this team is deep enough. And I know they have 30 players on the roster. <laughs> 26 whatever, players. Whatever. But I'm saying deep enough quality wise. Um, to to be in a lot of two game. I I think it, unless unless they shock us and. To go on the trend, and I think a lot of it has to, to do with the results on Tuesday as well. Go out in, in a January transfer market and acquire some new players. I think if they do advance, I they probably will get a player or two. If they don't, I think they, they won't get anybody. So, I it's just it's it's tough, it's tough, it's tough because Benfica has to be in a European competition. But 
will that hinder their efforts towards winning the 38th? That's the question. And uh, and Cristiano, is it, you, you've already mentioned here what Benfica needs to do in order to make it to the Europa League, correct? Yep, win uh, 2-0 or uh, if Zenit scores on Benfica, Benfica needs to beat them by more than two goals. Two, yeah. goal, two by three goals. By three. Three goals, yes. So if if, if Benfica beats, wins 2-0 or if Zenit scores a goal, it's got to be 4-1, 5-2, 6-2. Yeah, a six three. I mean, Dave. Uh, after Zenit, what do we got left in a month of December? I know it's a pretty busy month. But what do we have left? We got uh, after Zenit, uh, we got Familical on uh, the Saturday, Saturday, December fourteenth uh, for Not the league at home. Uh, also at home, Braga the when the following Wednesday on the eighteenth uh, for the that's for the Tasa, uh, the Portugal, and then also uh, to wrap up the month. Uh, we're away at uh, Stubal on the 21st Saturday, and that's for the the last game of the Tasa of the Liga. So, um, yeah, all the, all these games are compact here before uh, the 25th, before the uh, holiday break. So, uh, lots of soccer, a lot of footy um, packed up into the uh, next couple of weeks here. Yeah, five games uh, in December: Boavista away, and then Stubal away. All the other ones in between. Uh, our home. So we'll Vista to, to start now on the 6th uh, of December and then Stubal to close off the month of December on the 21st. Uh, and Vitória de Guimarães and Vitória de Stubal will play each other uh, tomorrow for the Taça de Liga. So we'll we'll see where the result between those two teams leaves us in the Taça de Liga because uh, the game of my, against Stubal but might not mean anything to uh, well. Benfica. In order for Benfica to advance, they they you know we hope Stubal beats Vitoria tomorrow because if Stubal wins tomorrow, they'll go to four points. Benfica is at two, so if Benfica does what they're supposed to do and beat Stubal, they'll finish at five, and they they should go through. Uh, if Vitoria beats Stubal, they'll be at four points, and then even with Benfica's victory at five, they'll be at seven, which Benfica will go para casa packing. A, a draw wouldn't be as bad. Exactly. Well, you're right. Draw, draw at least. It probably just goes to goal difference. The last match of the game. The... We we would need Stubal to to win tomorrow or draw. Otherwise, uh, we're gonna be uh, hanging on to our calculators in that latch uh, last uh, fixture for the Tasa de Liga. Um. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's uh, podcast. Certainly. Uh, it's becoming harder and harder to come in here and stay upbeat and positive about this team. Yeah, I was looking forward to today's podcast as much as I normally look forward to a root canal. So that goes to tell you. My How many root canals have you had done? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> He's just... trying to forget. He's trying to forget like this game. No, I just I, I when I when I think of root canals, I think of pain and so or the uncomfortable of the or needles. Passing a passing a stone. Oh man, only one kidney stone. Now you're really trying to <laughs> Give me a bad night. <laughs> so anyway, uh, one last piece of news. Ruben Diaz renewal. We'll, we'll have a, a more about that in our time added on uh, show this week. Uh, doubles his salary. Oh, close of 100 million. Yeah. I wasn't even aware of that. We're going to do a time added on. We missed it last week. All We're right. going to do it this week. Now the pressure's on you. Where now, you go? now I'm really... Uh, really wish I would have gone to Rook and Alice that <laughs> I thought I'd twice. Dave, always good seeing you, my friend. Uh, next yes. week, we will be back after uh, the Zenit game. So the Zenit game happens on Tuesday. We will be back on Wednesday. 
to uh, recap the Boavista game, recap the Zenit game, look ahead to the upcoming games. What is it? Uh, Braga and Famalica. Yeah. Braga and Famalica. Stubos the week after that. Yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot for checking us out. You've been listening to Befica Podcast at 10CO10 at... 87DO87 at Befica Podcast at Talking to the Doll is where you can find us on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Benfica Independente. Uh, we're also on uh, Instagram. Uh, Benfica Independent, you can find us there. Also, f- check out those guys, BenficaIndependent.com. Um, you know, the rest of, of the gang. Join the community and, and let yourself uh, be heard. That's it. That's all we got. We'll, uh, we'll see you again next week. Take care, everyone.